Hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's service from Harvest Church in Silver City, New Mexico. We hope this encourages you and brings you closer to the Lord. Now, today's word from Pastor Clyde. We say fresh. And this has been a very powerful series. I, th- I think this is something that God has really uh, orchestrated and lined out as we've gone through this. And we've seen lives transformed. We've seen uh, marriages restored. We've seen all kinds of things uh, happen. And, and today, you know, as we've led up, you know, over these messages over the last eight weeks, um, has really led us to today, right? Every message that I've written um, has really set us up for today. This was the end goal. This was the, the, the message that I was ready to deliver, that I had a vision for that I knew that lives would be transformed. And, and as over the past eight weeks, we've, we've talked about fresh strength. Everybody say fresh strength. And so many of you needed that strength, right? And we, because we know how important strength is in our, our strength in our walk with God. And, and we know that we have to have strength in Jesus. We can't necessarily have strength in ourselves, but we can always have strength in Jesus. In those moments where we feel weak is where we find our strength, right? So many of you had strength to leave an addiction. So many of you um, had strength to heal your marriage. So many of you had strength to uh, pray and believe uh, to continue to battle cancer. And, and we saw so many people develop strength, right? I, I saw you uh, get stronger. I saw you walk a little bit taller. And, and we read in Joshua chapter 1, uh, verse 9, haven't I commanded you strength, courage, don't be timid. Come on, don't say, don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. And we, we learn that God is with us, right? We can't be timid. And, and we know that, that the strength of God is always connected to a specific purpose, right? That God gives us strength to get through certain situations. How many of you have ever faced a situation and you say, I don't think I could ever get through that. But then somehow you get through it and you say, the only way I got through that was God, right? And so, so we, it's time for us to find our strength, right? That fresh strength. And then, and then we looked at fresh attitude. Everybody say fresh attitude. Now, this one, we stepped on some toes, right? We, we, some of you had some bad attitudes that, we, that God started to work at. And, 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 but really, the main concept of this was that we wouldn't look at ourselves like grasshoppers, but instead we'd look at ourselves like what? Lions. Come on, Judah. The Lion of Judah, all right. But, but how many, we want to we look and, and, and view ourselves as lions. And we have to remember that we're created with a purpose, right? And you may not believe that, but you have to understand that we are created with a purpose. And, and then we also talked about that your attitude must align with your design, okay? So you're designed for greatness, so you can't be living nasty, right? Okay? Right, we understood that. That's common language around here. We can't be living nasty. Say, quit living nasty. All right. Then we talked about fresh hope, fresh hope. And then we we know that Jesus um, has come to your life so that old things pass and all things become new. Right, we find hope in Jesus. So, so as we we realize that we need strength for a certain situation, and then we change our attitude towards it, and then we begin to find hope. In Jesus, and we know in Hebrews chapter twelve, verse fourteen said, "So be made strong, even in your weakness, by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship." Right, and that's how we gain hope. As you, as we were singing this morning, we were worshiping God this morning. We lifted up our hands, and you could see your faces begin to light up. And and, and when our friend, our our new family member, came up here to to give their hearts to God, you could see hope 
all across this room, all across your face. Because we saw an encounter with Jesus. We saw somebody encounter God this morning, and, and we find hope in that, right? And, and, and how many know it's important for those that have had hope that we restore our hope? Right, And we know that God sent his only son to die on the cross for you. So that means it was finished at the cross. Right, The blood of Jesus has forgiven your sins. You are now a new creature. Creation. <laughs> creature. Everybody say creature. creature. I make up my own language. I got the mic here. <laughs> then we talked about fresh circle. Changing our friends, Right. The, the circle that we walk in, I, and I challenge you to, to hang around those people that are not saved, right? Like, don't go live nasty. I'm saying go tell them to come to Harvest Church and, and, and encounter God, right? And, and we, we, we saw in Proverbs 18, says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. And we said, uh-oh. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, brother, right? And we talked about the importance of friendships, the importance uh, of the one relationship that matters most, and that's your relationship with Jesus, right? That's your relationship with God. And so we have to understand that we have to stay grounded and rooted in him, right? We, we can't be like, you know, those, those weeds, some of those weeds, you just pick them up and they, they just pick right out of the ground, right? But we have to be like a, like a tall, red wood tree thing in California with all them big roots, right? You're not just going to go and pull that thing up because the roots are grounded in them. He, it's strong. And, and, and then the final two messages were forgiveness and healing. And this is where God began to touch hearts and touch souls. And we saw lives begin to be transformed. And so many of you were able to walk in forgiveness. So many of you were harboring so much unforgiveness, so much hate, so much attitude, all these kind of different things. But God delivered you from that. And so today, as we wrap up this series, and I just want to put a bow on this series. So today, the title of my message is Fresh Love. Everybody say, Fresh Love. We know that we're going to go through difficult situations in our life. Would you agree with that with me? Right? There's going to be times that we go through difficult situations even with people that we love. Sometimes the people that we love the most will sometimes hurt us the most, right? And, and maybe something is happening in your family or you haven't spoken to one of your family members in a long time. And, and I, look, I know what it's like to be wounded. I know what it's like to feel hurt. I know what it's like to be hurt by people you love. Can anybody relate to that this morning, right? I know what it's like for church people to say they're with me one moment and then walk out on me in the next and still have to love them every day. I know what it's like to have to pray to God that we would that he would give us this fresh strength. But even in those moments where we where we feel like people have hurt us or our strength has been depleted, right? We still have to cry out to God. Maybe maybe we cry out to God and even ask God, "Why me? Why am I going through these difficult times right now? Why am I faced with this situation?" that is so difficult. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, the scriptures say, in fact, everyone, everybody say everyone, everyone, who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, that's not a promise that we like to read all the time, right? Because nobody wants to go through trouble, okay? Very few people want to go through the refining fire, okay? People want to go around and come out polished, Instead of going through the refining fire, knowing that it, sometimes it takes some heat 
in order to become polished, right? And so, so sometimes we cry out to God and we say, God, why am I going through this? Why am I struggling through this? And the word of God says, Paul told Timothy that if you want to live a godly life, you are going to be persecuted. You are going to go through some struggles. You are going to go through some hard times. That does not mean that you quit and give up. It means that the, prom- that God is, the work is already done on the cross, right? But you have to go through some times of persecution. How many of you believe that the word is God-breathed and true? Everybody that's a Christian should believe that, right? So I know that I'm going to go through it. If the scripture says that I'll be persecuted, I have to truly believe that I'm going to go through it, that I know that I'm going uh, to get offended. I know that I'm going to get hurt. But I also know uh, maybe that people even walk out. People are going to talk about me. People are going to say things, right? But I also know that I may hurt people that I may wound people, right? And so, so what we have to understand is that, that, that the enemy comes for one reason, John 10.10, 10, which is what? To kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he comes to do. He has one plan, and that's to destroy your life so that you won't live for Jesus and you'll live a nasty life. Everybody say, quit living nasty. So if the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, we have to know that love conquers all. Right? The love of Jesus conquers all. The love we have towards one another conquers all. Right? So, so he, when I say that, that means we have to love those who have hurt us. We have to love those who offended you. We have to love those who talk about you. We have to love people no matter what they do. We have to love. Why? Because Jesus tells us to love. Sometimes that's a very difficult thing to do. Sometimes you get in an argument with your spouse and you don't want to love right now. I want to argue right now. Elbow your spouse and say, that's not me, that's not me. But we we know that love conquers everything. But here's my question for you. If we've been hurt and we've been wounded, is there hope? For restoration. Yes, always. I love how we're so quick to say always. And yes, that's, that's what we should say. But can we get that in our heart? Can that really resonate? Can that get in the depths of our heart? Because one of the most powerful lessons Jesus ever taught us was on forgiveness. So in order, if, in order for restoration, there has to have forgiveness. Oftentimes, we don't want to go through forgiveness. We want to go around it, but we know that we have to go through it, right? And so if this is one of the, the most powerful lessons that we learn in the scripture because he, he gave it to Peter, right? When, 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 uh, when Peter approached Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I have to forgive somebody? And his question was, how many times? Seven times, as we said, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive this dude? Seven times? My thought is, is that he really had somebody in mind, that he's already forgiven him six times, and that's why he threw out seven, hoping that Jesus said, yeah, seven's good. Go forgive him one more time, and then everything's good to go, right? But Jesus says his response is this. He says, um, uh, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven, okay? Now, Everybody in here knows I'm not very good at math, so I did the math before I got out here. That's, that's 490 times. 
Okay, so the, so the way I read it, this means we're to forgive the same person 490 times in the same day. Okay, how many of you had that kind of argument before? Is what I want to know. That's a real argument. You messed up bad, dude, to have to apologize that many times. I'd kind of like to be a fly on the wall for that one. That's so, okay, so let's think about it. That's like every three minutes. I'm sorry, forgive me. Or, or I'm sorry, I forgive you. <laughs> that's a long day. Everybody say, that's a long day, that's a long day. That's a lot of forgiving to do, would you agree? So, 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 so like I say, at that rate of forgiveness, that's, that's three times every minute that we have to forgive somebody. Or every three minutes, I'm sorry. But here's the thing, it's not about the numbers Jesus was giving. He's, Jesus isn't giving this, this, uh, this math quiz, okay? Jesus isn't, isn't trying to give this formula to, to Peter to say, hey, here's a math equation for you to be able to, 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 you know, to forgive or whatever. Instead, he's giving a new set of truth in order to give forgiveness. So I want you to see how important it is for Jesus how important it was to Jesus to tell us how important it was for us to forgive people. Does that make sense? So it is important for you, and right now some of you are squirming in your seats because you're like, I don't want to do it. This is my first message here. I skipped forgiveness, so we're just not going to even pretend like that happened, okay? But I know in order to have fresh love, we have to have fresh forgiveness, right? And, and so the first truth is, is for, in this forgiveness um, is remembering this, that, that forgiveness is not about keeping score, but it's about losing count, right? It's not about saying, well, this person hurt me X amount of times because I guarantee there's some people in this room that have a note on your phone that said, this person has hurt me eight times. Some of you keep, yeah, in the notes under hurt, you have names. So we have to understand that we're going to get hurt in some way, right? Your spouse is going to let you down. Someone might gossip about you. Someone might steal money from you. Somebody may have abused you when you were younger. And we have to understand that, that, that maybe you were even harmed as a child. Um, but we have to understand that, that we have to forgive. And we're going to go through this, right? So while getting hurt is a reality, Getting and staying bitter is a reaction, right? So, so yes, the reality is we're going to get hurt. But the reaction is I'm going to get bitter and I'm going to carry unforgiveness for the rest of my life. Instead, we must live a lifestyle constant in forgiveness. We have to be able to forgive. And, and look, that looks different for a lot of people. Maybe there's some different wounds and different conversations that you have to have. But the end goal is forgiveness, right? So, so again, this isn't about, um, this isn't about satisfying this, this math question, right? Instead, it's truly about living a lifestyle of forgiveness. The fact is we must forgive all the time. I want to share a story with you this morning of redemption, of hope, of strength, of courage, and of love. And I have a video. It's about 15 minutes long, but it will rock you if you pay attention to it. So let's go ahead and play that video. So October 14th, um, 
last year, 2019. Um, I had just gotten back from a really, really crazy trip. Um, and uh, use the word crazy because uh, I realize now that I was just um, struggling to, to stay afloat, um, just really overwhelmed by, by trying to keep performing, to keep, um, I've heard the analogy of a, of, a, of a swan, you know, if you look at a swan, like he's really graceful on top um, of the water and, you know, he's just kind of gliding, but if you look underneath, like he's just swimming for dear life, like he's just, um, you know, any, any time he stops, like he's just going to sink. And I feel like, um, like that day, I, I, I just sank emotionally, mentally, uh, spiritually. Um, at that time, I was, um, I was leading two ministries and I was involved in as many ministries as I could. I realize now that a lot of that was avoiding um, what was really going on, which uh, I, I had kind of education, like when it came to business, uh, when it came to ministry uh, on a surface level, but when it came to relationships, uh, especially really, really close relationships, um, uh, in this case, my marriage, I, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, my idea of love was just really just maintaining, you know, just keeping appearances. Um, and and so I, I just got busy. I got busy being busy. And um, that was a rough week. I mean, one of the ministries was, was, in my opinion, not doing so well. Now I look back and a lot of it had to do with, with uh, me just kind of being performance-based. And uh, so... Uh, that night, I I really just kind of wanted to escape, and and we had argued before about the volume on the television, and I I, I was just like I can at least be control of this one thing, and and my wife and I were fighting, and and uh, and I went and I, I grabbed the gun from 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 my uh, from my closet and. For a split second, I was like, it's going to go on my head. And, uh, and then I said, no, I, I just want to get her to do whatever I want her to do. So I pointed it at her and I told her to, to, to get out with a lot stronger language. And, and, um, and that was, at that point, um, to me, like when when the whole house of cars just kind of came crumbling down, like everything that that I had been working towards um, was just, it just collapsed. Like it just fell apart. And and uh, I, I didn't care. I didn't care what was gonna happen after that. Um, uh, I felt so, overwhelmed by just keeping that 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 facade and then bits and pieces were starting to come out like um you know pastor was trying to find out like some of the information and i was mad at my wife for for disclosing that although like externally i was counseling people that they should live an open life like i that was just part of my life that i just kept hidden like i just didn't want to disclose how bad it was and so that day was was uh, was when um, 
my wife decided that that was it, and and um, so she called the police. Um, I uh, I got arrested. Uh, I spent uh, I don't know three days, I think, in, in jail, and and uh, um, I was in uh, uh, I was under like suicide watch, and and the whole time I just I just kept asking like God to just take my life. I was just like, this is it. Like I, I, I felt like, um, like I had tried so much. Like I had just, what I felt dedicated my whole life to, to serving him. And, and, and this was like the, the payment that I was getting, you know, this was, and, and so I felt um, just hopeless. And, um, and I really, um, I didn't want to, I mean, I didn't want to see anybody, um, so I was kind of glad that, that that happened, but, um, so I just really spent, you know, three days uh, crying out to him and, and, you know, sometimes yelling at the top of my lungs um, for him to just take my life and, and, um, uh, I kind of got out of the fog, um, and so as I'm kind of seeing this whole system of, of, of being incarcerated and, and, you know, being told what to do, when to do it, and I'm, I'm, I'm reading about slavery, um, the Father just revealed to me, like, how much slavery I was in <clears throat> and how much I was still a slave to um, either what I had done or what had been done to me. And so I was acting out of that. Um, especially towards the people that were closest to me, to those that, that I loved the most because I was just so used to that bondage, I was so used to that slavery that I was, that I was afraid to trust the Father with what was going to come next. And uh, I knew that no matter what, um, that I was going to fight for my marriage and that I was going to fight uh, to get out of that. My marriage was quite a mess behind closed doors, um, but I knew how to walk in public and um, put on that smile and, you know, just pretend that I had the perfect marriage and that nothing was wrong. Um, I know as the tense situation in my home started um, escalating, I started to reach out to people and kind of share some of the struggles that I was going through. Um, because I didn't know what to do. Um, and I just felt like my marriage was broken and I didn't know how to fix it. So I started reaching out about some of the things that I was going through with Jose and um, that actually seemed to make the situation at home even worse. Um, and, you know, the night that was kind of the <laughs> end of the beginning for the new chapter in my life, um, when everything fell apart, I was just broken. Um, I was afraid I have a, a child and I just was filled with so much fear that I thought, well, this is it, like I'm, I'm done. And I um, moved in with my dad and I proceeded to attempt to start a new life in El Paso. Um, 
as much as I could. Um, I think probably two weeks later, I filed for divorce very quickly. Um, and he gave me my wishes and he signed the papers. Um, but God had, had totally different plans for my life. Um, I was living with my dad. I was trying to find a job. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for like a year and I, nobody would hire me. <laughs> it was disappointing at the time, so I really lost hope. I did have a turning point. Um, I had been holding on to unforgiveness and it was just, it was just breaking my heart and it was just hurting my soul. Um, and I didn't know how to let go of it. I didn't know how to forgive when I, I felt like I was wronged and broken for so many years by somebody that was supposed to love me. Um, but I was driving up to Silver for um, a court hearing and um, I, I was praying, it was, I remember very clearly, I, um, I was praying and I was just like, God, please just give me the answers to do the right thing. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle the situation. And it was a completely rainy day. There was no sun in sight. And I just remember crying and I'm like, just give me a sign. I need something. And I remember looking out my window to the mountains and just kind of oddly placed was a rainbow, which would have been normal had it there been any form of sunlight out, but it was super cloudy. It was like six o'clock in the morning. And at that moment, I was just filled with so much peace. And God told me like, let go, let go of the unforgiveness. And I did, and I felt so much peace. And I knew exactly what to do um, if I were to see him. Um, you know, with all the legal stuff and the attorneys and all that stuff, I just knew exactly how to handle the situation. And that was really the turning point um, in my life with, um, in regards to Jose. That was really the moment that everything changed and my heart, um, I guess, wasn't hardened anymore. So December 7th, I had been in Silver City um, visiting friends and I was headed home. I was actually gonna stay the night because it was late, but um, for some reason I decided to just drive back to El Paso and um, I stopped at a truck stop in Deming and I parked my car and somebody pulls up right next to me. So I just look over and it happens to be Jose. And he was on his way back to Silver from know where he was coming from but he didn't Demi well Columbus but because he stopped in Demi he left Silver City because he knew I was gonna be in town um, and I don't even know how to explain how it felt my heart just I know it's cliche but it literally skipped a beat and I just got out of the car and ran to him and we just embraced and That was really the instant that the healing began. Um, I just, and I had such hope, I knew we would be together. Um, just holding him, I've never felt such peace 
from him. Um, he was just different. He was peaceful. He was so sweet and loving and just so happy. Um, and that morning I had reached out to a couple of, of people um, and uh, I just, I, I said, I, I've been praying that, that I would run into her. Uh, and I said, but I don't want to force it. Like, I don't want to be creepy and like, you know, like follow her or anything like that. Um, but I had been praying and, and, and like, uh, and so, I mean, they, they just said that they, they would pray with me and, and, uh, um, and then I reached out to the pastor and I was like, you know, and, and he said something uh, like, you know, I, I think it's closer than, than you realize. And uh, he said, I, I see it in the horizon. And at that moment, I, I, and I have it uh, saved on my phone. I, I turned around and I looked at, at, at the horizon uh, and it was beautiful. And uh, anyway, so I, I took off as far as I could. I went all the way to the border of, of uh, to Columbus, to the border of Mexico, and and, uh, and just kind of to pass the time until I knew she was going to be gone, so I could come back to Silver City. I even went and watched the movie by myself at Deming, and then when I got out of the movie, I uh, I stopped to go to the bathroom, and uh, and it was at the truck stop, and that's when I ran into you. And I think we talked for like three hours. Yeah, you said you had to there. go. I kept and I invited saying. you to dinner. And I said no. Because I didn't hear that we had to <laughs> kind of start all over. Like we had to just kind of start dating and like, you know, like building the trust back up. And, and um, well, and that was the moment we started communicating directly. And then I guess the healing process kind of started happening, um, like with our relationship and talking directly um, definitely facilitated that and, and I just remember saying I want to come home and at that moment like I just knew I wanted to go back to Silver City. I didn't want to wait, I just wanted to come home. The very end of December yeah. I moved back and I we put our house on the market. Yeah, and it sold like before it was even on the market. Because I wanted a fresh start. I didn't want to go back to the same house and yeah. So on, just real quick, on the 14th of February, we renewed our vows here at the church and uh, yep. and God had kind of given me a vision of what that was going to look like and it played out pretty, I mean, right on, on the spot and the pastor got to marry, remarry us and, and uh, kind of renew that covenant, and uh, it was it was awesome. What did you think of the wedding? Good. I want to. Did I do all this? Yeah. All right. Okay. You don't have to talk. <laughs> I think that's it. Hard to hard to fight back to tears on something like that where you can just truly uh, feel God's presence, where you can truly uh, witness it in Hosea. And, uh, and Amanda today, um, we see them, and, and, and they're a strong couple uh, because of what they went through. And how many know that God wants to restore? That's what God's heart is. He wants to offer acceptance. He wants to reconcile you to the kingdom. 
He wants to invite you to sit at the table. That's the fresh love of the Father. It's written in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. It says, instead of shame, you will enjoy, enjoy a double share of honor. You know, one of the things that, that shame wants to do, is shame wants to keep you, keep the problems hidden, right? Shame wants to tell you, like they said, put on the facade, we're going to church, let's do a Facebook post that says everything's okay. That's because shame says if you tell anybody you're struggling, if you share your hurts, if you share that you're broken, then I won't be part of the club. When instead God is saying, I want you to be part of this through your brokenness, through your hurt, through your struggles. It was, it was incredible to walk alongside this family. Because the world would say, Jose messed up. Push him to the side. But, but, but our whole church rallies around, walks alongside them. I don't know where Chris and Rebecca are, but I wish they were sitting here because they, are, they were a huge part in this, a huge part in, in the restoration process. That God was able to use them. And I want you to understand that if we could get a hold of this one truth of grace, if we could understand that it's okay to not be okay, it's okay to, people come up to me and they see my wife and I today and they're like, you know, oh, I wish we had a, a great, perfect marriage like you and all these, like, dude, you should have been around, you talk about Jose's and Amanda's deal, we can make part two. I mean, I'm sure, I know, I know a lot of you that we've walked alongside, that we can make part three. We, I mean, good Lord, we could have a whole series here. But that is the grace of God. And when you, when you hold on to the grace of God, you understand that God's grace is enough. It's enough for restoration. From once what the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy is now standing tall. He's running for one of our board positions now. Because that's the grace of God. Man says to dismiss, and God says to elevate. That's who we are as a church. That is fresh love. And if we could wrap our mind around the truth of grace and understand that not only does it, does it empower us to forgive and love ourselves, but it also empowers us to love and forgive others. Because let's be honest, we all have a prodigal inside of us. And sometimes it takes learning, sometimes it takes going through a mess to get the miracle. You can read the story of the, of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, but as we saw this video of a great story in what God has done in Jose and Amanda's life. There was a time where both had given up but the good news is, is God never gave up on them. That is fresh love. Recovering from bad choices we've made can sometimes be a very heart-wrenching experience. But God is always ready to restore you, to give you a fresh start.
to give you fresh love. God is not in the business of replacing damaged people, but God is in the business of fixing damaged people. That's what God does. That's the fresh love of the Father. He doesn't want to get rid of us. He doesn't want to push us to the corner. He doesn't say he's ashamed of us because of our mistakes. Instead, he says, let me get glory from your mistakes. Let me, let me show people the grace, love, and mercy that is extended to you because you were once counted out, and now you're standing on your feet, and now you're remarried, and your marriage is stronger than ever. God wants to heal us. He wants to change us. That's the love that he has for us. He wants to transform us. He wants us to live out the message of the cross. There's a story told about a man that was along the side of the road, and he was broken down in his vehicle. And as, he, as he, he's trying to figure out what's going on with his car, he's trying to figure it out, this limousine pulls up right behind him. And this man gets out and he's dressed from head to toe in a very nice suit. And you can tell he's a very, very wealthy man. And he walks over to the driver of this car and says, do you need some help? The man, confused, looking at this wealthy man in this three-piece suit, and says, yes, of course, I would love some help. The man begins to mess with the motor and mess with the things. And to the man's surprise, the the car starts right up. And the car owner, the, the man on the side of the road, he's, he's confused on what's going on, and, but he's super grateful. And he asks the owner, or he asks the guy in the, in the limousine, he says, how much do I owe you? And the man says, no, nothing. My name is Henry Ford. I'm the creator of this car. And he says this, it really bothers me to see one broken down on the side of the road, not doing what I created it to do. There's a message right there. God doesn't just ride by, pass you by in all of his glory and majesty when you're stuck on the side of the road. Instead, he gets out of the car and says, that's what I created it to do. I created it for something greater, not to be broken down, not to be hurting, not to be lost, not to be broken. So let me show you how to get back on the road. Stand to your feet with me. God literally wants to stop everything he's doing and come to your rescue. Our creator, he longs to redeem his creation. It bothers God to see that you're not living the life that he created you to live. He created you for, for your marriage to be successful, for your career to be successful, for your life to be healthy. He gets great joy when he sees you overcoming, when he sees you moving forward. He gets encouraged when, when he sees your faith is growing, like I believe your faith is growing this morning. But here's what I want to tell you. Don't give up on God. Because he never gives up on you. Trust him today. Love him like you've never been hurt in your life. Love others like you've never been hurt. That's how we should love. Whatever you're going through, whatever has happened, whatever loss, whatever pain is in your heart, this is not the time to quit.
It's now the time to be encouraged. If you continue to trust him, God will not fail you. If you continue to trust him, you will not fall. You will not stumble. You will not wobble. He will walk you out of your desert standing tall. He will walk you out of that wilderness with your head held high. And when you come out of that wilderness, you are going to be so full of freshness that your life will never be the same. I want to encourage you today to step into freshness. But most importantly, to walk in fresh love. Bow your heads. Father, I love you and thank you for these amazing people. God, I love you so much. God, I love this amazing church that you've called me to pastor. God, I pray that my heart is always to love people. God, even if I don't agree with them, Father, that I can walk in love. Father, I pray that you continue to use us to be the hands and feet of you. God, that you would give us strength, Lord, when we feel weak. God, that you would give us courage when we're afraid. Lord, that you would give us, God, just the, the endurance, God, to fight one more round. God, that we would not give up on our marriage, that we would not give up on our health, that we would not give up praying for our friends that have hurt us. God, but that we would walk in fresh love. Father, I thank you for your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, somebody say amen with me this morning. Come on, if you're going to walk in fresh love, on the count of three, I just want you to yell, top of your lungs, fresh love. One, two, three. Come on, fresh love. All right, hey, let that sink into your heart. Let that sink into your heart. Let me bless you. Father, I thank you for this amazing church. I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Give you grace now and forever. Harvest, go be the church. Thank you for listening to today's service. If you feel led to give or would like more information about the church, please check us out at harvestsc.com. And tune in next week for more. We here at Harvest love you and pray that God will bless you and keep you. Harvest, go be the church.